0: Hello, Tom Myers here. If you're like me and you've got a lot to say, a lot of stories to share, a lot of opinions to give, then listen up. I'm going to talk about something that's going to take your passion for podcasts to the next level. I'm talking about the 7 Million Bikes podcast course. This is the podcasting course you need. Imagine having the skills, the knowledge, and the confidence to create, produce, and grow a successful podcast. And you're not doing it alone. I'm talking about Neil Mackay, the podcast guy, founder of 7 Million Bikes Podcasts. He knows what it takes to turn your passion into a podcast that stands out. He's going to guide you through everything from podcast ideas that resonate to nailing that audio production and even editing your episodes like a pro. With 23 tutorials and over three hours of video content, this course is packed with practical tips, real-world examples, and everything you need to know to get started. Just $97 for a wealth of knowledge, Knowledge that'll set you up for podcasting success? It's a no brainer. Think about it less than a hundred bucks to unleash your creativity, share your story, and potentially even turn your passion into a profitable business. People like Ian Payton, who's taken the course, launched their own podcast, and already in the top 10% of podcasts worldwide. And you could be next. The 7 Million Bikes Podcast course is your ticket to podcasting greatness. Go to the link in my show notes right now and let's make your podcasting dream a reality. Hi, I'm A Aaron, the owner and producer of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A W D L Y Funny Productions. Bombing Run, the original comedy combat game show. It's an hours worth of comedians clashing with their jokes. And soon to be released, Orb's Wacky World, a talk show with a twist. It will be a mix of comedy unusual questions and music with orb as the host oddly funny productions we might be odd but we bring the funny to you that's a-w-d-l-y Funny Productions. Hey everyone, it's me again. If you're tired of listening to this show with all these ads in the way, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. In addition to listening to this show without the ads, you also get extended versions of these episodes and bonus clips as well. Doesn't cost that much. You can get plans for as low as $1 a month. You can show the love and your support. Just go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S, and subscribe and listen and enjoy today. Again, that's patreon.com slash Hello, welcome to Tom Myers versus the rest of the world. Yay. A lot's happened since last week. Jim Jordan has been denied Speaker of the House for yet another round. It's hard to know who's yelled no at Jim Jordan more House Republicans or his wrestling students. God. <laughs> the only way Jim Jordan will get the Speaker's gavel will be if he gets one off of Etsy. <laughs> In fact, if Jim Jordan tried to win a speaker's gavel from one of those claw machines, the claw inside the machine would transform itself and give Jim Jordan the middle finger. (laughs) Jim Jordan is basically the comic who keeps showing up at the New York City Club, despite not having met his bringer requirement. (laughs) That's for the back of the room. (laughs) And all my Spotify listeners, basically. (laughs) The fact that Republicans have trouble choosing one of their own to be Speaker of the House indicates one thing. They're finally in touch with American voters. <laughs> First, it was Kevin McCarthy, then Steve Scalise, now Jim Jordan. All these House Republicans are basically like bratty kids and the position of Speaker is like a child's toy where they yell, no, I want to keep playing with it. <laughs> the campaign for the position of Speaker has gone from Kevin McCarthy Steve Scalise, to Jim Jordan, to Tom Emmer. Now that he's dropped out, it'll probably go to Byron Donalds, Matt Gates. It's basically like playing hot potato, except when the music stops, the potato explodes to reveal that it is filled with loose fecal matter. <laughs> In which case, even the most hardliner Trump Republicans will hope that the winner is Liz Cheney. <laughs> Three of Donald Trump's attorneys, Sidney Powell, Kenneth Cheesebro, and Jenna Ellis, pled guilty in the Georgia 2020 election interference case. It's fitting to know that they showed the same loyalty to Trump that Trump showed when he said he would join his supporters at the Capitol.
1: <laughs>
0: After Sidney Powell's plea deal was set, Cheeseboro was set to be the only defendant to go to trial in Atlanta this week before he decided to plead out. In addition to Trump, no one is more disappointed about this than the tabloid papers who just missed out on the headline, The Cheese Stands Alone. (laughs) That's the cleanest joke you're going to hear all season. So if you didn't like that, tough shit. (laughs) It's difficult to comprehend how these lawyers could just go ahead and behave in such a way that not only jeopardized the law, but also the country. My theory is that they wanted to behave so badly that when they died, they could end up in hell for the sole purpose of beating the shit out of Charles Manson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, on with the show. Please join me in welcoming Jeff Heisen, Gina Brown, and Chip Jones. Hey,
3: Hi. Tom. Hey. Everyone, welcome. What's been going on with you guys this week? Well, it's it's fascinating watching this continuing saga of the Republicans a search for a speaker given that no one wants the job and no one believes in government and this one the latest one emmer dropped out on tuesday he didn't even uh, get up to a vote and and what's hysterical is how, is how they're blaming the democrats for being unified do you think that any of any of them would would have helped nancy pelosi if she was in a speaker fight of course not they would they would have pushed her down the stairs right
4: (laughs) in an amazing fashion trump comes out of court and he's like it's emmer probably dropped out because i didn't endorse him his unendorsement he thinks it was because of his (laughs) unendorsement
5: people are waiting to see where he was going i i like i like the the talking point the republicans seem to be holding to is when asked you know you know is your party you know falling apart with you know eight members starting this whole thing their chant now is oh well it was only eight of our members but it was 208 of the democrats that voted with them you know so always remember it's 208 of the democrats that caused this (laughs) right really well you know what uh jeffries has been getting uh, 210 votes each vote so it only takes seven republicans to end this you know if they were they yeah. were really caring about
3: getting business going. Only seven of them would have to change side. As I as I said two weeks ago, and I'm surprised that the they weren't listening. The Republican caucus wasn't listening to Tom Myers versus the rest of the world. I I told them on right here. I said all one of those seven or five or whatever number it is needs to go over to Jeffries and say. I'll, we will drop any of the impeachment stuff. We will drop the Hunter Biden stuff. We will keep the government going. We'll pass a continuing resolution. Just vote for one of the five of us.
0: I think the the only issue is, is that Republicans are listening to this podcast, just <laughs> unfortunately not the ones who are willing to do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> The war between Israel and Hamas is not a new phenomenon, despite all the times we as Americans have tried to push it out of our consciousness. The only things we know for sure, Israel certainly has the right to exist, and the bulk of the Palestinian populace are not in favor of Hamas. In fact, Hamas did not even have the support of most of the people of the Palestinian regions. In fact, Hamas has even gone so far as to suspend elections there, thus creating a growing resentment among the people of the governing body is supposed to help. The unrest in the religious capital of the world and indeed of three of the world's major religions has been going on for years, even before the existence of Israel. But what is the solution? Is it a two state solution? And if so, what are the ramifications? Do we as the West get involved? Historically speaking, the result of the West setting political boundaries for that part of the world is, at best, mixed. So what do we do? Have Israel go back to its pre-1967 borders? Or do we isolate ourselves from the problem, stop getting involved in foreign matters, and do we let things sort themselves out on their own and hope the quote-unquote good guys win? Joining us to discuss this in greater detail than I can envisage, please welcome back to the show, retired educator, therapist, and human rights activist, Lucy Stressball. Hello. Hello. Lucy, welcome back to the show. Um,
1: Good to be here.
0: Did I sum that up?
1: Yes, you did. Did I sum that
0: up well or did did I miss anything? Was I off base on anything?
1: Not off base at all. But before I speak to this situation, I would like to put myself in a context so people understand where I'm coming from. As a religious educator in an all girls Catholic school for 41 years, I taught a morality course where the centerpiece was teaching the Holocaust and all of the moral ramifications of that horrible genocide. And once um, the 90s hit, I started paying more attention to other genocides because one was happening in the, what, the former Yugoslavia, Bosnia, Croatia and Serbia. Um, and so I, I want people to know that I, I firmly you know, stand with Jewish people in, in all of that. But because of my human rights orientation and the fact that I've been a lifelong pacifist, I can't ignore what's happening to the Palestinians either. So that's really where I'm coming from on this issue. And like,
0: have you had some experience, like in in dealing with uh, authoritarian regimes or, or or dictatorships?
1: Minimally, but I've been close enough to be uh, to find it abhorrent. Um, my daughter, who I adopted from Romania, had the uh, horrible experience of being put in one of their concentration camps like orphanages. And the dictator, Ceausescu, uh, 45 years of um, horrific rule, dictatorial rule, and control. Um, one of the commonalities between what I know of in in communist era, era Romania was a control um, tactic that um, the Israelis have used in the last 15 years, that of controlling the heat, the electricity, the water, the all of the functions necessary for life. That was done under the authoritarian communist regime of Ceausescu. Um, And other than that, I have been on delegations during wartime to both Nicaragua and um, El Salvador and had the experience in San Salvador of sitting in the police station, uh, trying to get passage through uh, permits to go through militarized areas. But knowing that those very people I was dealing with had blood all over their hands from killing um, the rampant killings of the Salvadoran people, the peasants. So, um, I, I, I've been close enough. Close enough. Yeah. So,
5: so you've ridden on the uh, on the uh, bullet-ridden, riddled boats in uh, in Nicaragua. I assume.
1: How did you know? My well, my.
5: my... My wife was with the institute of policy studies and so she spent a lot of time down there wonderful oh.
1: and so, i was with witness for peace yeah yes. and i can't begin to imagine either side living through what they're living through right now in the so-called holy land mm-hmm. you know as a former religion teacher it pains me to say what i'm going to say but um the vast majority of the worst things that have ever happened on our planet have been the result of religious wars and religious hatreds um so i I hope you you guys being comedians i really hope you have a more positive take (laughs) on possibilities than i do because i will tell you my initial reaction to the hama hamas attack was just total hopelessness for the entire situation and I saw somewhere in the wilds of the internet this quote that I am sure it was not um, accredited to anyone, but I am sure it comes from the deep, deep well of of Jewish suffering. It's going to get worse before it gets worse, and mm-hmm. I think that's what we see coming. I really do.
5: It's interesting because I I don't think this this conflict actually didn't start out of any kind of religious. Uh, issue it actually started out of anti-Semitism. i mean this was this whole uh fiasco in israel started with the fact that uh europe especially britain and america didn't want a flood of jews to their country and interesting enough yeah. i've been ti- i've been yeah. tied to this since i was a kid my uh, my grandfather's best friend was ralph bunch who uh yeah. who, who was uh taken from the us state department by the un to actually uh, create the Jewish state. Uh He won a Nobel Peace Prize in 1950 for mm-hmm. his work uh, in the a- Arab-Israeli conflict, and basically it was set up to to keep the Is- to keep the Jews from going into uh, into Europe and into, uh, yep. into the yep. United States.
4: That's interesting. I got a Ralph Bunch scholarship from high school into college. Oh, that's
5: cool. <laughs> Yeah, I can. I can remember as a kid, like when I was about seven, sitting on his knee. Because we lived in New York, but my, my, uh, my grandfather was ambassador to the United States from Haiti, and he lived in Washington. I, I remember us coming down and having dinner with Ralph Bunch, you know, and at my at my granddad's place, and actually sitting up on his knee. <laughs>
1: well, that's <laughs> so, awesome. That is awesome. Um,
5: but uh, you know, a lot well, of this. When,
1: stuff... I refer, when I refer to religion being um, at the core of it. Clearly, this particular attack doesn't have religious overtones, but what makes me feel hopeless is knowing that on the extremes of both sides, you have zealot fundamentalists and and they're militant and they're impossible to to talk to, to to discuss, you know, because if God's telling them to do something that, you know, that trumps everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I go back to how I felt in the 90s. I think this was 95 when Itzhak Rabin was assassinated by a right-wing Israeli. You know, that He was the closest that the negotiations ever got with the Palestinians to create some kind of a solution. And since his killing, there hasn't really been a solution on the table because the extreme ends simply are not going to allow it. The
3: the one phrase you just used, Lucy, and I don't think you used it in in this context, but you used the word both sides. And Uh that's a problem, not the way you used it, but people are saying both sides are wrong. I want to be clear about this, and I I think it's a fundamental uh, starting point for this discussion is that Israel was attacked Israel was attacked by a group of terrorists who crossed the border and killed 1,400 Israelis, some of them children, some of them teenagers at a music festival. Mm -hmm. They decapitated children. They have over 200 hostages there. That's Hamas. Hamas Mm -hmm. said that they want to eradicate all Jews. That's Mm -hmm. where we started. If you want to talk about, not you particularly, if other people want to talk about Israel's response and whether or not it's done too much, whether or not Israel's gone too far, whether or not Israel uh, is using has used this as an excuse to detract. From the uh, terrible administration of the the uh, that they have with under Netanyahu, Israel has the right to protect itself. You can question what Israel has done, but Israel was attacked here, and all throughout America, we are hearing yes, but yes, mm-hmm. but Israel provoked it by the way it uh, has treated the Palestinians. I'm in favor of a two-state solution. I imagine many of the 1,400 dead are in favor of a two-state solution. Mm-hmm. I hate Netanyahu. I've, I've resisted the opportunity to go to Israel, and I've never been. I'm, I, I'm of the Jewish faith, and I've never been to Israel. And I've been invited to go and uh, recently, and I would not go under Netanyahu. Mm-hmm. And, it, it's, and I feel badly that I've never been there. But the point here is Israel has a right to exist, and they killed 1,400 people. So throughout America, people are saying, well, yes, but, and Israel is wrong. And so many, quote, unquote, left organizations are leaving Jewish people behind. And that's what hurts me. That's what hurts so many people in America here. And fortunately, President Biden has spoken out about this.
5: But, Jeff, how do you square the circle? I mean, you can talk about what Hamas has done now. But in 2008, Israel bombed Gaza. They killed two thousand people. Three hundred and thirteen of those were children. So it's like there is a yes, there is a but at the end
3: of it. No, there isn't. That doesn't justify this action. I you can question what Israel you can decry what Israel has done because Netanyahu does is not in favor of a peaceful two state solution right. and right. neither by the way are are is, are many uh, Palestinians uh, Lucy may know better but Hamas isn't uh, so there are problems on both uh, both ends exactly and that's what I'm saying I mean when when you say
5: that that they attacked and they killed 4,000 people. It's like you don't acknowledge the fact that Israel has killed thousands of people as well. I do, but I'm not. Just, are you justifying the this? I, I am not. Again? I am not. But what I'm saying is that we can, we can't we can't oh, go I'm, so far over that we have a Senate a senator Lindsey Graham who comes uh, on and says, "Well, we should just level the place, just bomb and and flatten Gaza." It's like, wait a minute. You know that
3: that that's going too far, you know. And there you know, are people who believe that, and you can question Israel's response, but you cannot. To me, this began on that terrible Saturday during Sukkot when many Jews were in temple, when many Jews were praying. That's where it began. And if you want to push push it back for ancient history, and I'm not saying that I'm not disagreeing with anything you said, Tom. But this battle began that day.
4: This particular instance, I agree with you, began that day. I do think it's it's um we we can't ignore the occupation that has been living there. We can't ignore, it, and it does not justify it, but two things can be Yes. correct and two things can also be wrong so right. i agree with you it, it from this very specific one on the seventh or when i think it was the seventh that that was wrong i just there's just no way of thinking it came from completely nowhere when there's just a built-up frustration of apartheid it came from somewhere but that yeah. doesn't
3: justify
4: it,
5: what they did. I do. agree. None, none of the, none of this is justified. None, none of it's justified. But, of you can't, it can't but you can't spot. you can't take history out of this though. Yeah. You can't take history. I mean, you can't you can't take everything that uh that Benjamin Netanyahu has done. I mean, this guy Netanyahu was a special forces guy. I mean, the yeah. way he came to prominence yeah. was during was during, um, during a during a, ter- a Palestinian terrorist takeover, a hijacking of a plane where he was part of the special ops that went on and killed the hijackers. He was wounded, shot in the arm, and that's what made him a hero. And, yeah. and he has been pushed right, right, right. I mean, you know, in, in, was it 93 or something like that? He attempted to give back some of the occupied territory, and he was voted out of office. So that's why he came back 10 years later, and it's become as far right as you can get. You know, he's, he's learned that he yeah. cannot give any anything to the Palestinians, or he loses his political power. And so it's it's created this situation where it's untenable on both sides. Yes. And And, 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 he
1: is the one who has created the environment that allowed the unspeakable to happen. I mean, I haven't seen or heard anyone who just, I guess there's people out there who are justifying what Hamas did. But to me, that is obscene there is no way to
3: but you said you just said netanyahu created the environment i he's he's awful he's what trump aspires to be yes
1: yes yes
3: so so let's let's make that clear but but they bombed they went into israel and slaughtered people
1: correct correct there's no justification There is not and, and what
3: gina said let's go back to a phrase gina used Two things can be true at the same time, but so many people, especially people on the left, with with who's who I, I usually agree with, who I've sided with, have abandoned Israel because of this history. Because and they're saying Israel deserves this, and you saw this on campuses throughout America. You see this by some politicians as well, and it's. It's disgusting to me, and it makes me wonder who the allies of the Jews are. Yeah, I don't, I, I think it's overblown about
5: people saying they deserve it. I think people yeah. say that that it makes sense because the other thing that goes on here is this thing that happened on to- October seventh is horrible, and it's it's compacted into a single uh, event over a couple of days. But there have been Palestinians that have been dying in, in occupied territory for lack of food, medicine, and stuff day in and day out for 10 12 15 years but yeah. but we don't talk about that you know in fact the the Western
3: media doesn't even really cover that yeah, but you know? what, what you're doing there is almost almost justifying the reaction. I don't think you mean to do that, but that sounds where you're leading. Well, what I'm saying is that we
5: got to get to a point where we say everyone is guilty on both sides and everyone needs to come to the table and make change. If you bring one person to the table who says, I am, you know, I am justified because of what they did on the, on the 7th, and it's a horrible thing, but you don't acknowledge what has been going on for his history, you never get anywhere. As a Black American, I know this so well. You know, yeah. as 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 a Native American, they must know it so well, too, is that everything is always couched in the person who has the least amount of power and what they do at any given moment. It's like throwing a, a 10-year-old into the ring with Mike Tyson, and they scratch and bite, and you're
3: like, hey, they're not following the rules. You can't expect them to follow the rules, you know? But that doesn't mean, but again, that doesn't justify... Yeah. Correction. We're not talking about justifying. We're talking about looking at everything
5: on both sides and saying that you can't. No one has I the high we're, ground. We're kind of.
0: I, oh, I, sorry. Yeah. I, I am
5: giving. I am giving Jeff the last word on that one. Okay. Um, I'm just
0: saying um, that no one kind of no kind one kind of, has the high ground is what I'm saying. And we're one kind one thing, of spinning our wheels here. Okay. I think. Oh.
3: But one thing, Chip, as a Jewish American, don't diminish how the impact of this on us. We saw a prominent Jewish politician in Detroit was just killed. There's a question whether or not that was religiously motivated, hate motivated. I think it probably was. There's a feeling throughout America about pointing their fingers at Jewish Americans and saying that you're at fault here. Don't diminish this. But, you, but
5: like I said, it, it's the, the, a six-year-old Palestinian boy was stabbed to death in Chicago. So what I'm saying is that you can every time you 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 justify or try to to say, well, we got to look at it this way. There is something a counterweight on the other side, and that's what I'm saying is that we got to look at this holistically, or we're going to constantly keep going back and forth and back and forth. This is the United States of America. We have
0: perfected <laughs> both sides sidesism. Unfortunately, <laughs> all you have to do is look at our. Cable news system.
4: hate the both sides thing.
0: (laughs) Let's all get our stuff off of TikTok and become like Gina and become atheists. Can we do that, please? I'll leave
4: (laughs) Gina's
3: stuff on TikTok so we can watch her dance.
4: (laughs) (laughs) One love, one love. That's
3: right.
0: In this excerpt from a CNN report, we can see the difficulty in getting aid into Gaza across the Egyptian border and the frustration shown as a result.
2: For days they have been waiting. More than 200 trucks full of aid desperately needed in Gaza, but stuck on the Egyptian side of the Rafah border crossing. UN Secretary-General Antonio Guterres hoped to be here for a much-needed diplomatic win. Absolutely, as quickly as possible. Instead, he found himself in the midst of a protest. His remarks drowned out by the crowd. People are chanting over and over again, with our blood, with our souls, we will defend Palestine. There's a huge amount of anger, a huge amount of emotion, much of it directed at the West. We need justice! We need justice! And much also at Western media, who people here feel have favored Israeli voices over Palestinians. Where is your humanity? A protester starts shouting at me. We invite her to do an interview with us. Okay, when a
4: thousand-plus Palestinian babies die, you don't feel the same. You don't feel the same as when I tell you one of your own has died. But these are our own. And it is unfair, and Egypt will with Palestine. All Western channels are talking for Israel. If the United Nations is standing for Israel, if all these international institutions are standing for
2: Israel, who's there for the Palestinians? And don't call it a war. The jargon is even more infuriating. It's not a war. They're not on an equal footing. It is not a war. For many, it is deeply personal. A Palestinian man holds up his ID.
6: I can't contact you with can't my family your, your there. On the was, other side. Yeah, I have seven sisters and my father, my mother, grandmother, uncles, all my family is there. I can't contact with them. I don't they, know are if are
2: okay? You don't I
6: don't have... know if they are okay or not.
2: As Egyptian soldiers stand by, the demonstrators get more animated. Protests are normally illegal here, but today the Egyptian president called on people to take to the streets. So this is rapidly becoming a very chaotic scene now. They're trying to get the secretary general out of here. We are ordered back onto the buses and escorted out through the crowd back to Arish airport, where piles of aid sit by the runway so close to where they need to be but held back the UN says by complications over how to monitor the trucks that enter Gaza and how to establish a continuous humanitarian corridor
0: i mean i was making the quip earlier about how like you know, cable news seems to have perfected both sidesism and how <laughs> it's uh and and sort of how it's affected american uh american discourse but uh, that particular clip I think shows just the the power of what can happen when you have continuous news coverage, when you don't have world events boiled down to 30 minutes for seven days a week on, Mm -hmm. on the three major, on the three major networks. And, and you get to the crux of the issue, which is you have uh, resources that need to get in, but the first they, they weren't getting in and then, okay, they'll be allowed in. And then, Hope something happens. Now they're not, and then they're going to be in again. And I mean, this is going to this episode is going to be out like thirty six hours or something like that after we after we record it. You know, who knows what the situation is going to
1: be then? And and that's what I fear is the there have been five thousand deaths already since the seventh, and mostly as a result of the airstrikes, but. As we speak, the the very last of the electricity is going to be leaving the hospitals, which they have said hundreds of babies and NICUs are going to immediately die. And there's simply no other way to phrase any of this other than genocidal. It's a genocidal effect. Whether that's the intention or not, it is the effect. And let me just mention what was kind of significant about that clip that you chose I have CNN on all day with a, it's muted most of the time but when this popped up I I could tell how really angry that Palestinian woman was so I wanted to hear what was going on and I was so disappointed to discover Clarissa Ward faked um hiding from a bomb when no bombs were dropping you know they were getting footage I guess and that was what um, she was really getting yelled at for in the very beginning. So I'm I disturbed that they're play acting the news. Not necessary.
4: I guess I I I, I see. Um, I think she was angry, but I, I guess it. They talked about the anger so much, but I I didn't. I don't see it as anger as much as. Um, more like they're exasperated and they're they feel. Um, they they feel like no unloved frankly yeah. they feel like unloved children and no and and i think there is some truth to nobody coming to yeah. their aid because we do back israel and egypt and you know i ran a little bit i think helps them to some degree or whatever but they really are just sort of the stepchildren, if you will, and they don't have a place to call home. and And so, I don't see it as anger as much as it's super sad, but it's also just desperate. Just so it's desperate. desperation. It's desperation, and that's a very different that's a de- very different feeling. It's you're fighting for survival in that, as opposed to I'm mad at you. This is yeah. survival.
3: You, you can't help but watch her, uh, the, the woman's statements and feel empathy and feel sad th- at, at the condition there. I, I, I It's impossible, no matter uh, which side of the border you're on. For
0: years, the Republican Party was the party that stood by Israel and whoever was in charge, no matter who was prime minister. That, of course, changed, like most things, with Donald Trump. Who feels no shame in publicly showing his disdain for Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, as we can see in these two clips? The first from his time in the Oval Office, and the other just recently on the campaign trail.
7: I think Sleepy Joe could have made this deal, baby. Sleepy Joe. I think, uh, do you think he would have made this deal somehow? I don't think so. Well, Mr. President, one thing I can tell you is um, uh, we appreciate the help for peace from anyone in America. And we appreciate what you've done enormously. Yeah. Room, we followed the whole thing, and about 15 seconds later, it was all over, and we did it. But I'll never forget, I'll never forget that Bibi Netanyahu let us down. That was a very terrible thing, I will say that. And uh, so when I see uh, sometimes uh, the intelligence, you talk about the intelligence, or you talk about... Some of the things that went wrong over the last week, uh, they've got to straighten it out because they're fighting potentially a very big force. They're fighting potentially Iran. And when they have people saying the wrong things, everything they say is being digested by these people because they're vicious and they're smart. And boy, are they vicious because nobody's ever seen the kind of sight that we've seen. Nobody's ever seen it. But they cannot play games so we were disappointed by that very disappointed but we did the job ourselves, and it was absolute precision magnificent beautiful job and then uh bb tried to take credit for it that wasn't good that didn't make me feel too good but that's all right so they got to strengthen themselves up i like how in the
0: first clip you know trump made that sleepy joe moniker and then Mm -hmm. ironically enough in the next clip he's the one who sounds like he's stating <laughs> off death like he's trying to put off a loan payment.
1: With all MAGA people, anything they say about anyone else is always projection of what right. and who they are.
5: Always, you and, can take. And it could, ch- it could change with the wind.
3: You know, it's yeah. like he sounded like his Zambian was uh, kicking in. <laughs>
4: it's so hard to follow because it's like. Those people and they and we did a wonderful and it's magnificent. He there's he never really lays. He never finishes like a thought or a sentence Mm -hmm. fully. and So I can't really ever follow.
0: Everyone on social media pretends to be a foreign policy expert. They do this in their spare time, it seems, when they're not (laughs) too busy being doctors, economists or celebrity marriage counselors. For years, the media has been cautioning us about the perceived dangers of a two state solution between Israel and the Palestinians and that is filtered down to the populace, some of whom believe such a system is too complex. In this clip, we see an exchange between Michigan Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, the only Palestinian-American member of Congress, and one such constituent, in an exchange from 2019. You know, separate people doesn't
2: work. work with Blacks and whites in our country, in Israel, right? So would that be right for Israel Do Congresswoman, it's really concerning to me that you can't just
6: say that you oh, believe Israel coexist. should exist.
2: Let me repeat this. So would that be co-exist. a right for a Jewish state? Oh my God, do you understand what that means? I to absolutely coexist? do. That means that Will everyone that should coexist? coexist. Why isn't that beautiful? That should mean coexist. That means everyone should feel safe, no matter. So the so Jews would, would have a state promise. that they felt safe in?
1: If it means my grandmother can't exist equally as a human being, then no, right? So coexist separate but equal doesn't
0: work the source of that was fox fox was provided that video and of course they titled it as uh rashida talib snaps it a woman in exchange from 2019 when you know really she's trying to say what well, let them coexist it's and then she referenced yeah, she referenced uh mm-hmm. she referenced separate but equal and like only fox only fox would think that that that's a horrific
3: comparison. Yeah, don't, don't give her any dispensation. She tweeted, she publicly stated that Joe was wrong for defending Israel and he, she said that Israel bombed that uh, hospital when it was not Israel. That was the initial reports. The initial reports were wrong, the Times even blared it was Israel's responsibility and yesterday they as in smaller types said yeah we messed up but she's a congressman she has no excuse for that so uh she she was exactly wrong about that so don't give her any uh, uh pats on the back for uh, for what she said years ago
4: she could have been I mean she was right when she said that in 2019 yes. okay
3: Okay, Gina, mm-hmm. that doesn't excuse what she did last week. Uh, right. No,
4: I, I'm not, not excusing it. I'm just, <laughs> and it, and I think she used, I always like to say people use, um, they make decisions based on information that they have at the time, which is how I describe all my marriages and subsequent divorces. <laughs> I use the information I had at the time made sense, right? So I, I'm just saying like, Last week, maybe she 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 probably I, I would submit based on some of the things that she's had to deal with since entering big mm-hmm. Congress. That she's it's very emotional for her. This is emotional for a lot of people, right? But I'm just saying, like this is coming from a you're this she's arguing for her family, just yeah. like other people are. And that when you're taking that when you're fighting for your family, I guess like I said earlier, it's survival you're coming from such an emotional place that it's so hard to be objective. Right. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like a parent. But right. so that's all I'm saying. So please just, you know.
0: <laughs> In two days, President Biden was able to leave Washington for Israel, meet with Netanyahu and the government officials there, and return to Washington to make a nationally televised speech that evening. Despite that, there is criticism that his age and the fact that he is physically stumbled is a sign that he is not up for the job. One of those critiques comes from Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville, <laughs> who has been coaching football for so long, he started apparently before they have helmets, as anyone who has heard his speeches can attest. <laughs> he later
6: gets his comeuppance, as we can see in this clip. I don't believe in karma. I guess I believe in odds. And statistically, people fall downstairs at, at some rate. And It might be that you are a person who someday falls down the stairs. And if you're a public figure, you might fall down the stairs when there is a camera on. And if you are a public figure who has criticized Joe Biden for falling. There is some chance you will be someone who, after criticizing Biden for falling, fall on camera yourself. And that's exactly what happened to Tommy Tuberville, Tommy Tuberville, Tuberville. He is a Republican senator. He uh, went after Biden for falling. He mocked Biden. Salon reports clip of clip of Tommy Tuberville falling downstairs elicits reminders of all the times he mocked Biden known to crack jokes about Biden's various spills. Tuberville's own was quick to be called out. Here's the video uh, arriving on a Miami Air. I guess this is some kind of Charger jet. I don't know. Here's Tommy Tuberville. He's 69 years old. Remember, Biden's 80 bringing his luggage down the stairs. The luggage does look too heavy. And then he just goes down. And, you know, the video is actually he didn't get hurt. Apparently, I don't like making fun of people getting hurt. He apparently didn't get hurt from what we know. The visual comedy element can't be ignored. And it's sort of almost cartoonish the way he goes down the stairs and is holding on to the railings. And it's, it's visually it's really something else. So listen, I don't believe in karma. I believe in odds. And if you're going to criticize someone else for falling, humans fall and you might be the human who falls. This is not nearly as serious as Tommy Tuberville blocking military appointments for political reasons that cripple the United States because he disagrees with what most people believe about abortion. This is not nearly as serious as any of those things. But it is certainly certainly an interesting thing to see. But we've had football
5: athletes, all Americans. I mean, if, if you look back, uh, you know, SNL made, made their bones doing Gerald Ford when he missed mm-hmm. that one step. Gerald Ford was an elite All-American athlete. You know, mm-hmm. and the one time he he falls and, and some argue that's why he was not reelected is that he was he was so uh, uh, characterized as being a buffoon from falling down the stairs that he he wasn't he didn't win a second term. And, and i think i think it more
0: that. i think it more had to do with the fact that he was a buffoon for pardoning nixon like that that kind uh, of buffoonery. Every, every,
5: everyone knew that was going to happen i mean the, that would that would have done more damage to the country i mean we're in that situation right now what's going to happen with trump if he's ever if he's ever found guilty how do you put a president in prison does that mean the the security service goes to jail with him as yep. well i mean it's like whatever i, do I, don't, it. I don't, I don't think Trump is ever going to go to jail either. It's, it's We're just
3: not set up for that, you know. What What Tupperville forgets is uh, is that is that Trump uh, had trouble getting upstairs. Remember that that scene mm-hmm. that, uh, that that evening. But again, two things can be true at the same time. As as Gina's been. Uh, <laughs> Tupperville is a great is a big klutz right well
5: it's not that he's a klutz he's an idiot and, and I know zero. a lot of idiots that oh, can... no no two
3: things can be true Tom what, 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 I'm, what I'm saying is
5: I know I know a lot of idiots that can run up and down stairs you know? that's, an that's, and not, that's not a sign of intelligence
4: you know? no he's a horrible person here. yeah <laughs>
0: I think we should really check my listeners before we go ahead and and you just blanket everybody with the term idiot. I mean, some <laughs> of us c- comedians rely on idiots for their, uh, for their fan base. Let's just be careful mm. with that.
4: Or for their, con- for their um, content. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and on that note, that's our show. I want to thank Jeff Heisen, Gina Brown, Chip Jones, and Lucy Stressball. Thank you. Thank, thank you. But before we go, my final thought. Will the issues we discussed tonight be resolved on this podcast? No. However, at the rate things are going, we stand the best chance of coming up with the best solution for the Middle East better than any of this planet's top diplomatic negotiators. But will we be able to solve the issues going on right now? The answer is simply this. I don't know. Why the fuck are you asking me? I'm the host of a podcast that's able to operate solely because of Patreon contributions and the fact that this podcast also serves as a tax write-off. Stop asking me! Mm -hmm. One way to help bring about peace would be to hold a benefit concert in the region. Put all that hope for a desired outcome right where it belongs and where it's needed. And I have the perfect entertainment for it. No, not Bono, not you 2 not even the very capable cast of the many Live Aid and Farm Aid concerts over the years. personally, I think we should send Ted Nugent to perform. Uh, And Jason Aldean will be his opener. Think about it. Send them to perform in the Middle East. At least their fans will be armed. (laughs) Will something as simple as that solve the crisis in the Middle East? Probably not. But one thing is for sure. Ted Nugent and Jason Aldean will be out of this country. And that, in my mind, is contentment. And even, albeit, temporary, peace. Yay. Good night. <laughs> this episode was written and hosted by Tom Myers with panelists Jeff Heisen, Gina Brown, and Chip Jones and guest Lucy Strasball. Theme music composed and arranged by Euron Vandenburg. Executive producers Tom Myers, Matt Connerton for IPM Nation, and Eddie Carson for Odyssey Radio. Please leave a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast's Patreon for ad-free episodes, early access to episodes, extended episodes, bonus clips, and more. Thank you for listening, and please visit tommyers.us. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you want to listen to more of this episode, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. There you can get extended versions of episodes like this one, as well as bonus clips. You can even listen to regular episodes without all these pesky little ads through which you have to fast forward. Doesn't really cost that much. Plans as low as $1 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S. Show the love, subscribe, show your support today. That's patreon.com slash Tom Myers.
3: Hi everyone. I'm Orb. I am not the official spokesperson for Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y, Funny Productions. A-A-R-O-N is tied up right now. Shut up, I'll untie you in a minute. Here at Oddly, we're producing some great shows. Bombing Run, where comedians compete to see who's Joker Ace. And Orb's Wacky World, a talk show with a mix of comedy, uncomfortable questions, and music hosted by yours truly. When you think of comedy, think of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y, Funny Productions. Now, how do I get out of here? Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show
0: description to support now.